Thank you for tuning in to the Amazing People podcast. I had the opportunity to speak to the Howard University School of Law for the Entrepreneurship Law and Policy class. Professor Sherman Rogers is the instructor. Uh, I really enjoyed myself there, and I hope you enjoy this presentation. It's called The Worst Business Question Ever. Welcome to the Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Dizard. Professor, thank you, thank you. I'm recording because I always record stuff I do for a podcast and just for posterity's sake, so don't say anything you don't want on recording. That's my disclaimer. I'm in a room full of lawyers, so you had to say that, right? <laughs> had to have a disclaimer here. But uh, my name is Chip. You don't come Mr. Desire Chip. Uh, um, I'm from uh, the Baltimore area. Um, I've been in business since about, I just looked the other day in my, in my office. I've uh, been in business for myself about 2002, so it's 12, about 10 years now. So 10 years, got my first check. You know, you always get your first dollar, your first check that you frame whenever you, you do your business. And uh, I've worked with Shashane before in the past years ago and worked with uh, other people. So my, my primary business, two things that, well, I kind of evolved into business. Um, I started with web business. I started with uh, Internet. And 99 is when I started dabbling in uh, Internet. I, I was one of, the, one of the first people, not that it has any uh, merit to it, but to have a YouTube uh, uh, channel. So I back in 99 when YouTube was first coming out, I was like, man, this looks interesting, YouTube. And I just said, oh, let me sign up. Nobody was really on YouTube. And in 99, people were just like, whatever. And I remember back in the day that um, just way before Google acquired YouTube, I had one of these accounts. They were called a um, director account. And the director account, I still have it until this day. And the director account is, and these are the times back, you ever have something on the internet, like if you have Twitter now or Facebook, or you're like, man, I wish I would have picked the easier Twitter name. Or, you know, something like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I chose like a, a nickname, Chipper D, instead of like Chip Dazar, my name. I would have, or just Chip or whatever to keep the YouTube name. But back then, um, if you remember, um, YouTube only limited to you back a couple years ago, or maybe five, six years ago, to like 10 minutes or five minute videos, something like that. Remember that? Now, back when I did, when I first got YouTube, they had unlimited, I could upload anything, copyrighted stuff, all that yeah. stuff. And people was like, why? How do you upload like hours of footage? I was like, well, I don't know. I just got, I just jumped on early. I didn't know anything about YouTube, and it would be what it is today. I would have invested like most people would have <laughs> and had a little bit more than what I have now. But, um, Back then, so then I started with websites, and um, this was when, before, um, you all familiar with CMSs, content management systems. Um, I know, Shashane, as you do, um, you know, right now I use WordPress, Joomla, there's Drupal, there's a lot of different CMSs to manage a website. So I was doing that, but people used to pay me to update their website. Then the industry changed, and as you know, as entrepreneurs, when the industry changes, you have to change as well. So I was like, well, people are just not going to pay me $150 a month or $200 a month to maintain their website when they can do it themselves for free. You know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, some people like to change their oil for free and some people like to go to Jiffy Lube or some people, you know, do some other stuff. So a lot of things come in self-service. And then I got into um, around 2006, 2007, probably uh, with YouTube start blowing up and more and more online video started uh, becoming the norm. I got into video because I remember I was doing a project for a customer. It was a, it was a, a website project, and they needed video, and I didn't know too much about video. I got into video streaming as well. Started um, This is on my bio. started this uh, internet, this company called Praise Vision is where we stream churches, uh, their services and things online. And this was it made a, a good amount of money for us at the time, but 
then the market, people started doing Ustream, and then people started doing, you know, everything with the internet business always came, big companies did it first, and then all of a sudden, it became like your level. You can stream with your iPhone or your iPad now. And people are like, well, I don't want to pay you all as much money, you know. So you have to adjust your business again. So I think that, and, and I know the professional will tell you, in business, you always have to be nimble, always have to be able to adjust what you're doing. So I think that there's one thing I've done. I've always been in the tech space, but I've always been nimble enough to adjust. And please interrupt me if you have questions about, and I'm taking long at 60 seconds for this, but it's, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. But, but it's about being nimble about your business. And so after I hired some guy to do my video, wasn't happy with it. I said, man, I need to learn how to do this myself. I, you know, so went to courses, did some other stuff, did some other trainings. And now I said, you know what? I need to get some gear. I learned some stuff. I ended up liking that better than I liked the website design because that website design was a little bit, it's like, ah, it was old after a while. It was just not having the right, either the right customers. And then with this presentation is about, about asking the right questions. I think no matter what space you're in, it's really about questioning. And my background also is, um, used to be in sales and marketing. So that, that afforded me the opportunity to, um, to meet a lot of different people, a lot of diverse people. And I worked, and I used to sell, um, it wasn't like widgets, but it was, it was a service. So we had, uh, the company I worked for, uh, when you get injured on the job, and this is people, a lot of people don't know this. You say if you work here at Howard or, or wherever, you get injured on the job, there's a company that comes, and it's called a rehab company, that helps you get back to work. But there's, they sell to insurance companies. So the rehab companies don't sell to Howard, but they sell to Howard's insurance company. So I was a person to say, hey, use our company. So when Howard, somebody from Howard University gets sick or wherever, or gets hurt on a job, you'll be able to use R. So it was more about relationships. It was intangibles. It was about people. So that showed me how to deal with people on all different levels, different levels of management. And it wasn't tech per se, but it helped me just with, um, just with dealing with people. How many people have sales experience here? Anybody? Any sold anything? Salesforce? Okay, okay. It could be retail. It could be anything. It doesn't matter, like, in your past. Sales experience. I think, as an entrepreneur, I think, that's invaluable. I don't know if you do a module on sales and sales experience, but um, a lot of times I used to think of sales as, you know, a sleazy, a sleazy car salesman. You know, you think about that, you're like, uh, but it's really about questions. It's about relationships. It's about uh, uh, knowing people. And, um, you know, in business, um, a lot of times you have the best product or best service, but we all know that it comes down to what? Who you know and the relationships you have. And the people... Um, you get those relationships, of course, by whining and dining. You t- talk to people, uh, actually caring about people. So I'm going to get into my presentation to talk about that um, a little bit later. So, um, so questions are essential to business, okay? So we already talked about how they provide context and they give meaning. And they really provide insight to the customer. And I think if a lot of us as entrepreneurs or, or, or up-and-coming entrepreneurs learn how to ask better questions, especially in business meetings or even when you're probing uh, people when you're first, uh, when you're first meeting somebody, uh, a potential customer, uh, emails your site. And, um, you know, so the first, let me just give you a, a, a case in point. So a customer, I do video production now, I do trainings, and I do a lot of weddings. I started to arm my business where I do weddings as well. So when you say weddings, it kind of struck a chord because the wedding industry is very, very interesting. I learned in the last year, year and a half, it's a very, very personal thing. So a young lady emailed me, and she said, Chip, I want you to do my wedding, okay? And it's a, um, I know you don't have experience. I looked on your website. I looked at all of your, your stuff, but I know that you don't have um, I know that you don't have experience doing ethnic weddings, this particular 
wedding, and um, I do all types of weddings, but this one was um, it's from a country. I can't. I, don't get me wrong. It's in Africa. It's above Ethiopia. It's called it starts with e, Eritrea. Eritrea. I can't pronounce correct. Eritrea. So she told me that the wedding was a two day celebration, eight hours. I don't know if anybody knows about those types of weddings. Whereas like a two day celebration is long, and usually my wedding packages start um, there about. Six hours, eight hours, that much, eight hours. I never, you know, if a wedding starts at 530, I'm usually out of there by 11. That's just the usual. And I've been doing this um, for pay about a year, really. I did it just in training and for a little bit. And another thing I want to tell you, just a sidebar, a professor, is that a lot of stuff you learn in different arms of business, you can save yourself a lot of time by getting a mentor. And um, what I want to say about that is getting a business mentor. I, I got into weddings, and this is a little bit off the story, but I got into weddings not because uh, the economy was so bad, but just because people kept on asking me. I kept on turning them down and saying, if I'm going to get into weddings, I'm going to do it the my way. I'm going to do it my price. I need to, you know. So what I did, I hired a consultant who, who was successful. You know, it was a little bit because I remember hiring him around Christmas time. Around Christmas time, nobody has money. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So he charged me a, a pretty good fee, but I made all that feedback with the contract he gave me, with the stuff he, he, he provided, and, and all the support. So that's just a sidebar. Whenever you're doing a business, there are people out there that, you know, and it feels better when you pay somebody because you can kind of hold them accountable anyway for stuff. And they can't just uh, just go from there. So anyway, the lady asked me to do the wedding. And uh, and then she said, you know, I noticed that she came in. I don't know if you all have had customers who said, well, I see you haven't done this. And then so I came I, these types of weddings. I said, you know, I have done an Indian wedding before, but it wasn't. Uh, a, a two-day celebration, you know, it just wasn't. And I knew in my head what my fixed costs were. I knew how much I pay my shooters. I know how much I need to get paid. I know how much kids editing. And then she gave the price. And then, well, no, no, no. I, I always come back and say, okay, I don't have that price on my site, especially for weddings. I list how much my wedding started, okay? So my wedding started at $2,500 because I list that because I do that because I want people who are not serious. When they see that number, they're like, okay, he, you know, He's not cheap, but he's not the five hundred dollars either. I say if you want to, you know, if you want to use me, you see my quality, you see my my stuff, and I have it right there. And I was used to toy about putting prices on the website, and you know, because some people said don't put your prices on there, or don't put your face on there, and don't do this, you know. No, do it. I do it because you need to separate the wheat from the chaff right there. Okay, so she saw, and I get calls, and then she saw the price, but I didn't have a price for all day wedding, so of course it's a custom quote. So I call her back and I give her the quote. And um, after I give her the quote, she says, well, you know, we have 900 people at the wedding and this could be a good deal for you. And this is you ever had those kind of customers say, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I I know everybody's trying to get a deal because the weddings, everybody has budgets, you know, everybody has a budget. And I totally understand that. So we're going to get this all ties into the worst question ever asked. So. After she said that, I gave her the price. She said, you know, Chip, can you really do it for this price? I'm not going to say the price because if I played it somewhere, she may know. So, um, <laughs> um, so, and then when she gave me that price, I thought about it. And I said, you know what? Let me get back to you. But I knew what I was going to do anyway. I said, let me just, let me think about it. So then I, I, I called my wife and I asked her. I know she's the heavy in the family. She said, oh, no, you're not doing it. You know? And <laughs> she said, oh, no. Um, even before that, I knew that. When you're mature in business and when you do stuff, there's some business that's good to have, and there's some business that you gotta walk away. You know, there's a song by Kenny Rogers called A Gambler. You heard that? You gotta know when to hold them, gotta know when to fold them, gotta know when to walk away. So sometimes in business, you know, with these questions, and after I asked and I calculated how much my video editing time would be, I calculated how much 
everything would cost me. And of course, it's a basic business principle. Your costs can't be higher than, I mean, your expenses can't be higher than what you charge. It's just basic, you know? And of course, sometimes you do favors for friends. And, but one thing I've learned in business, whatever price you give somebody, trust and believe somebody's going to know that. So you have to be consistent or you have to know. So whatever price you give, just assume that if I tell you it's going to be, you know, $1,500 for my service and, well, it's really $2,500, you're going to tell your boy, oh, I got a deal on Chip's wedding. He's doing mine for $1,500. Oh, you should hit him up right now. Bam. It happens all the time. And then as entrepreneurs, we cut ourselves off because we don't provide the right pricing. And actually, if I cut my price down and the guy who's my mentor, he charges like 5000 video for a wedding. I was like, oh, my gosh. And he gets it. He's that good. But really, I'm bringing the industry down, too. OK, so it's, it's, it's a trickle down effect. And I think that whatever industry you're in, your price is your price. And I think that that's where we're going with this today, talking about questions and, and business stuff. So all the, like I said, asking the wrong questions can be damaging. I could have asked this lady a question. And I'm going to show you what the worst question ever asked is in a second. I could have asked her that question, but I didn't. Uh, somebody asked me the same question. I'm going to show you how I responded to them the other day. Okay, so if you're wondering, so we'll get right to the brass tacks of it. The worst question, I think, in business ever is right there, okay? I don't know if anybody agrees with me. I don't know if people have heard this question before. In service industry, why, why are you laughing, Mr. Shane? <laughs> huh? Okay. The reason why, I think this is the worst question ever in business, and I'm going to unpack this a little bit more, is because you set yourself up at a disadvantage. Okay, case in point, a guy came to me just the other day, about two weeks ago. I'm doing a project, a video project, voiceover for a client. And at first I said, you know, hey, so-and-so, I want you to do this voiceover. You know, give me your price. He said, who's it for? And I said, I told him who the client is for. And then, what's that, what's that budget? I was like, oh, why does he ask me what that budget is? Just give me your price. Just tell me what your price is. If you tell me your price, we'll fit it in the budget. Because, let's be honest, guys. If I came to any of you all who are getting married, especially the ladies, I said, you know, uh, what's your budget for your wedding? Would you really tell me how much you want to spend? Let's be honest. Exactly. It's like, well, you know, how much you want to pay for this car? Well, really, you know, it's a $30,000 car. I really want to pay 10000 for it, though. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. You know, so I think in business, you have to, you, you, you have to get beyond this, you know, this, this budget question and create, it's going from becoming a vendor. What I did, and well, I've been in business so long, is that I used to become, a, 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 it was all about price. And you got to move from the price continuum to the value continuum. And I think that that's the one thing that you have to do. It's all about value. And I think that the guy that I gave the work to, he could have gotten more if he told me his price. Because, you know, if I go to a client and I say, he asked what your budget is, and the client's going to tell me, well, just tell him my budget is X. And really, if he said, and he showed his work, and his work is awesome, you know, if he said his price was X, the client would have paid that 90% of the time. I think a lot of us, we lose deals, we lose money, we lose sleep over stuff, over this whole budgeting thing. All right, so let's, I'm unpacking this a little bit more. So another, another case in the point. Okay. I'm sorry? Yes. Okay, so sorry, I'm going back ahead of myself. So I'm going to pack that right here. I have it. So with the, with, with the wedding, so I decided not to do the wedding. So we parted ways. Um, she was upset. Uh, uh, she said, you know, Chip, I really wanted you to do the wedding. I like your work. 
Um, but I told her with a question, I said, you know, I said, I cannot do the wedding for that price that you want. I'm sorry. You know, I can refer you to some other people. And I understand that will be people, 900 people there and people, you know, I may have other business, but sometimes, like I said, you have to count your losses on things. And I didn't, I had to have, if I did that for her, I knew I would do that for somebody else. And I've been pretty consistent with pricing, especially with weddings, because I know how intimate weddings are with business corporate stuff. You can give a little leeway, but weddings are one-offs. You know, you can get referrals, but a lot of my stuff has been referrals, but a lot of stuff is if they see what you like, they do what you, they see what I like, they see what I've done, and then they say, okay, I want this guy. You know, and they not only just hire me for the, for the price or for what I could do, they hire me for my expertise and my knowledge because they know I'll be on time, they know they'll get this on time, they know uh, all the deliverables will be there, and then the track history. But of course, you know, when I first started, I did like my mother-in-law's wedding, I did some other people's wedding, some weddings that I can use but weren't really paid gigs like that. But after you get those, you know, I'm at the point now that I don't have to, I don't have to do every wedding, I can do the right wedding. Some people have to do 50 a year, I can do, and that's another thing I do too, and not on purpose, I do about five a year. And I say that on my website. So I say I do five a year because if I do five a year, that means that the mindset that people are like, it's, it's a marketing tactic, I know. But people say, oh, my gosh, if he only does five, and I booked four already, so what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to get a chip. He has one more. So the scarcity mentality, you know. So it's one of those things. And I do, and I do stick to that because I figure that, you know, I don't need to sell, you know, a 1,000 widgets. If I sell those, you know, 100 widgets real well, I can make my money. And those are the kind of customers. And those are the things that you have to ask when you unpack these things about questions and business questions like that. So we parted ways. And um, got another client that, that wants a wedding in, 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 in November of next year. And usually people want a year cycle anyway. And, and marketing, of course, is through word of mouth, through Facebook, through Internet, through who you know, and things like that. But, um, and I think that uh, uh, people, people talk, so especially whatever business you're in. So you just have to make sure you're, you're consistent with everything you're doing. So, um, all right. So, oops, I want to go back. Not that one, not that one. How do I go back? Uh, previous. Okay. We go back here. Alrighty. We want to go to previous. And this is the. I'm a tech guy, so somebody help me out. I'm a Mac guy, so I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. This one right here, I can use this? What, just this thing right here? Okay. I want to go back one more, not this one. Can somebody help me with this real quick? Just get me back to the middle. Get me back to the middle of just where we have unpack right here. Right here? Yeah, right. Unpack. Uh huh. We'll go here, and we'll just go slideshow. And then you can do it from beginning. It doesn't matter. We we'll go back. Unpack. Yep. And then one more. This is th- something I think that as a good takeaway point here, you, should, you guys should write down. The question is, am I implementing strategic plans that give me direction for today and increase my potential for tomorrow? That's a question I ask myself whenever I get a customer, whenever I see a prospect. And this question right here is really thinking. And, and better thinking, better planning, better questioning. You know, um, if you think about, you know, are you doing something today? So if I took that wedding, if I took that client today for that price, would she give me 10 more clients to try to haggle me again? You know? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but I just decided I'm not going to do this, you know, today. 
because I'm always thinking about tomorrow because a quick buck today always can be a headache tomorrow. And I know we've all had customers like that. If you've ever done any business, sometimes the person that you give the best deal to is your worst nightmare. I mean, it costs you the most. It is. I mean, it's just, it's Murphy's Law. It happens all the time, you know? So this guiding question, I think, Professor, is that what we need to really focus on as entrepreneurs, uh, uh, thinking about tomorrow, because a lot of times we look at, you know, I need this money, you know, my rent's due, my this is due. And sometimes, you know, um, you have to, it's all about negotiation. Um, quick story, real quick sidebar, is that recently I had a hard drive fail. And um, huge, two terabyte hard drive. I was editing weddings, of course, doing some other stuff, client work. And the thing just died. I didn't do anything to it. And, of course, Murphy's Law said it. I didn't back that one up like I usually always do. So I went to this friend of mine, and he said, hey, Chip, you know, you should, I can't do anything with it. You don't go to Best Buy. You're going to send it to professionals. I'm writing a blog about this, and I'll share it with you about data recovery. Because it's, it's, it's called, the next blog I'm writing is called The Dirty Little Secret About Data Recovery. And what I learned in the last seven days about how um, data recovery companies really pilfer people and they really overcharge them and they really take advantage of p- when, when you're at your most vulnerable point. It's kind of like, um, you know, hate to say this, but kind of like ambulance chasers. Sorry if I said that the wrong way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorry. But it's just, uh, that's the only thing that came to my mind right now. So <laughs> nobody's here's ambulance chasers. It's going to be, you know. So, but what happened, so I sent it to, so what he told me, he gave me three reputable data recovery uh, recovery companies. And just, just a sidebar, uh, again, when you, when you lose everything on your hard drive, sometimes when you send it to a company, they're not the real company who does a data recovery. They're the company who's a middle person and they mark it up. So you're in a retail situation, a wholesale company. It's only like eight companies in the whole United States that does truly, uh, they call it clean room data recovery, like really data recovery. And um, so I, I chose a company, he showed me from highest to lowest. And I said, okay, you know what? you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call him. And he said, he said, piece of advice, don't act like you really need the files. Don't freak out. Don't go, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know. Just hold it slow, calm, just be yourself and say, hey, I need the files. Can you give it to me, you know? Hey, so I called a guy. So, hi, this chip is all right. Um, I have a two-terabyte drive. You know, it's just not working. I think it's in sleep mode. So I did all my research. I did all the other stuff. You know, took it to Best Buy. Of course, Best Buy always just wanted you to, you know, swipe a card and give it to them, and they do their magic. And I said, nah. So it's too important. It's thousands of dollars worth of footage. And plus, it was my mistake. So I called a guy, and then I told him what I knew. And first of all, when I asked him a question, he knew that I knew what I was talking about because I did my research. Second of all, after I did my research, I called... I knew that they were the lowest on the totem pole. I know that I was going to start with them and then go up because I knew the other companies just because what my uh, person told me. So now I, after I spoke to him, I gave him all my information and he said, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And after we talked, he gave me his price because it's on his website. And then I said, listen, you know, I don't want to ship another drive up. If you all get all the data, you know, hey, let's negotiate, you know, because it's a buyer's market. You know, like in real estate, if it's a buyer's market, you can get more than what you did. I said, listen. I can send it to the next company. I can send it that. Well, we don't guarantee. We don't do this. I said, listen, this is what I did. I'm on Twitter. I got 4,000 followers. I got a lot of people who do a lot of stuff. And I will say some good stuff about you. I got a big email list over 1,000, 1,500 people. It's not a lot. But people who are customers of yours, who are data recovery, video professionals, uh, IT professionals. So I put all the things. I said, go ahead. Google me. He called me back. He Googled me. Uh, Mr. Zara, okay, we'll give you a price. Um, what do you need? You know, so you have to understand. You have to use what you, you know, you, I don't want to say like something, use what you got to get what you want, you know? So you have to do this stuff, and you have to, 
you know, you know, ask the questions and a lot of times you're in the driver's seat, especially if there's a buyer's market. Um, in negotiations, you all are probably adept in negotiations anyway. So, but that's why this question is so important about are we implementing, you know, today uh, what can do tomorrow. So, um, here's a better question to ask. What can I do to earn your business? You know, do I have, and then, you know, do I have the right customers? I know everybody needs to ask that question. Are you targeting the right people? Uh, uh, um, you know, should you be, you know, targeting Toyota or should you be targeting, you know, Mercedes Benz? And it, those are two different types of people, and that's okay. Toyota customers are fine. But should you really go for Mercedes Benz or should you go, go for a Jaguar or, or something else? And then, and, and then when I'm sitting with people, instead of saying, hey, can I get your business? What's your budget? What can I do to earn your business? I think that's the sales guy in me because at the end of the day, you're, you're there, you're, you're eating, you're, you're drinking, having a good time. But at the end of the day, it's all about this one word, business. And you have to ask that question. If I remember my sales coach used to tell me when I was in sales, he said, Chip, never leave a meeting without asking. Because I used to leave meetings and not ask for business. I used to get killed by other reps, you know. And then people want you. They, they want you when you're in a, in a, in a sales kind of situation or whatever it is, and especially if it's your baby, if, especially if it's your entrepreneur, it's your baby. It's one thing to sell for somebody else where you're only making you know, 15% a commission, but it's another thing where you make at least 80 some, uh, 85, 80, 60% commission. They say, I used to never leave out of there without asking, hey, what can I do? Or we're progressing the football toward the end zone. You have to progress the football toward the end zone because if you're getting negative yardage, we're going in the wrong way. The wrong direction. Okay, so here's the exercise. In groups of two or more, um, write on, I don't have chart paper here, but if you have paper or laptops, I want you to know your ideal client for your business. And we're going to share out to the group. Um, if you get in groups, um, everybody, I read all of your business plans. And uh, Professor, if we can get in groups of two, it doesn't matter of who, who gets together, talk about the ideal client and some guiding questions that you ask for the business. And then we're going to share these, share these out. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can always visit me online at chipdesart.com. And as it always, please stay focused and remember, do not ask that business question. Create value over price. Have a good one.